on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. What was a bad decision that you've made uh, as you've gone through your journey, something that maybe we can stay away from? Believing that people wouldn't do it better than me and building a business that was focused on me. When you say what's a bad decision, anything that came out of that belief. Was yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> waiting way too long to hire somebody, right? right. Um, my first hire, I, I had this belief that no one would be able to ever get through to our clients and coach as well as I could. I met someone, I talked to her, and I was like, you know what? She might be someday be able to help with clients. And the second that I let it go and said, you know, and it was actually, it was one of those slap upside the head moments. I got real sick and I couldn't coach for a couple of weeks. And she stepped up, she said, I'll mm -hmm. do it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Clients loved her. She has a different yeah. approach than me. She communicates yep. differently. She's way better at nurturing than I am. <laughs> and so the clients loved it. And I was like, that's it. Uh, and and that, was, that was a moment for me where I said, you know what? I should have done this five years sooner. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast, back with you here today. Another king on the stage, Ryan England, my brother. How we doing? Oh, doing great. It's an amazing day. It is. It's always an amazing day, but today's Thursday, and Thursdays are great days, right? <laughs> it is. It, you know what? You had a huge thunderstorm roll through last night. I yes. love thunderstorms. So yeah. I woke I slept so good. My wife's like, did you hear all the thunder and the, see all the lightning? I'm like, Pfft. Nope. I slept through it. It was amazing. That's really <laughs> you felt like subconsciously it was like soothing you all night. Even though you couldn't hear it, you heard it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. There's been a lot of rain actually recently here in the Midwest. Uh, I'm not too far from you. I know you're in Nashville. I'm in Kansas City. But uh, it's actually been, it's been a pretty wet uh, little summer here. But we've been thankful for it. I'm sure the farmers have been thankful as well. That's what they tell me. You know, I came from Phoenix. And in a year, we would get the same amount of rain that we got in Nashville yesterday. So, um, yeah, it's definitely wet. Little different, little different. Yeah. Ryan, uh, tell us what kind of business that you have. Let's start there because you've got a you've got a an amazing track record, and I want to make sure that we give uh, lots of value here today. Absolutely. So, the name of the company is Core Matters. We are a coaching and training company, and we teach small business owners how to fish for great employees. I love that. I love that. What what an incredible time to be in that business, which I know is part of your story. Um, as far as the transition that you've made, but we'll get to that here in a second. I want to know for you personally, Ryan, um, you've been successful, not just in this one business, but you've had, you've got a track record. So what is it for you about the game or about this life? That's just so exciting. What, what's the, why the deep itch? What are you after? You know, it reminds me back to a conversation I had with my high school guidance counselor. Remember those they <laughs> me figure out my career path and what I want to do. And um, yeah. not quite sure that they were qualified to help me with that, but that's right. That's right. I remember sitting down and saying, you know what? I just want to be able to have control of my time. I want to be able to choose what it is when I wake up in the morning, am I going to do X or am I going to do Y? And I get that choice. That's what yeah. I wanted. And that's what I think drives me towards entrepreneurship is I get to wake up every morning and make that choice. Now that said, and we'll probably talk about this. I don't always make the best choices. That's right. But I do get to make the choice. And that was important to me. Yeah. Yeah. For you, this is an interesting conversation, so we'll see where this goes, but for you then and or now, and maybe those answers are different, is it control or is it freedom or are those the same, but just masked differently? Yeah, I would say for me, they're the same. I mean, the freedom allows me that to have that control. For example, uh, 
when I had this conversation with my guidance counselor 20 plus years ago, I was never thinking about having a family. It was the last thing in my mind. And then 10 years ago, we got blessed with a daughter. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, I have the ability now, the freedom to control my schedule in such a way that I can spend more time with my kids. Yeah. 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 A lot of times um, we think freedom is just the looseness of life and being able to do whatever, whenever, although yes, that's part of it. But I think as you've just described, um, it comes from order or control. Like if I can control the circumstances, then it gives me freedom. Okay. So you're after this thing for freedom, for control. I get it. I think that all the listeners are probably in some sort of a boat uh, that's similar. How has that portrayed itself for you in different industries because you've done you've done several things here you're you're not just a single pop-up entrepreneur you you've got a track record here so has that looked the same for you over the course of time or has that changed oh i mean there's a maturity factor that's come so of course things have changed as i've i've learned what i didn't know i didn't know right like that's right I've learned new things so i think as i've matured that has changed but I think that in everything I did, it was all about being able to have that freedom. And really, the, the another element of it, besides just the time freedom and the control over my time and, and what I get to do and what I choose to do, is really that creative freedom as well. Yeah. And that was something you, that I learned in my corporate days was that they don't give you creative freedom there. Right. Right. Okay. And so help help. I'm just imagining this new entrepreneur. They're within the first you know two three years. And they're like, okay, I got to get control in order to, because I started my business to get freedom, but you're talking about control, but now you're talking about creative freedom. What is that? You know, I'm not really good at being a a yes man. (laughs) So so, um, I'm very much a forgiveness, not permission kind of guy. That's right. So for me, I think that there's always a better way to do things. There's always a different way to look at a situation. There's always a different solution available for us. And when I was, when I was bound within that corporate environment, I didn't have that. And as an entrepreneur, I get that. I get to create something that no one else is doing. I get to create opportunity for our clients and for our followers that no one else is creating for them. And that creative freedom I mean, we just had this, we just had one of the biggest shifts in the way we deliver our services like three weeks ago in the wow. history of the company. And it was such a dramatic shift. My team's really uncomfortable about it, but now they've embraced it. And they're like, this is going to be cool. This is going to be great for us. Yeah. And you don't get that when you when you don't run the company. That's right. That's right. Okay. So the creative juices are flowing. You're, you know, even though you're years in and you're successful, you're changing things. It sounds like. Talk about that process just for a half second of, you know, did it start as an idea and then you talked about it with your leadership team and then, and now it's implementing across the entire team. Like just give us a little bit of the the journey. Yeah. So one of our core values, I'm a big fan on core values and, and really those, those foundational behaviors inside the company is always improving always improving. When I interview someone for my team, I say, here's the fastest way to get fired. If you ever don't want to be here, I will fire you on the spot when you tell me this one thing. When I ask you why you did it that way, and you tell me because that's the way we've always done it, I will walk you out the door faster than you can blink. Because I want us to always be thinking, how can we do things better? How can we serve our clients better? How can we serve our families better? How can we create more freedom inside of the, the role that we have so we can do more 
with what, with our lives and, and the things we want to accomplish. Yeah. And so for years I had clients and prospects suggesting, not really pushing hard, suggesting that there could be a better way to deliver our services. And for years I was resistant I was like, hold on, wow. that's not my vision. That's your vision. And, um, uh, over a series of just events that have happened over the last couple of years, uh, and most impactfully the last couple of months, some people that I've met that have just dropped great words of wisdom on me and just got me thinking about it differently. I finally said, you know what, this is, I, I always tell my, uh, my family and my friends, you know, when God wants to get my attention, he stops tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> He just smacks me upside the head and that's yeah. what happened. And it was just like yeah. this moment of clarity. And I was like, this is the direction we need to go. I'm not yeah. quite sure what that means. I'm not quite sure how to get there, but this is the direction we need to go. And it was just, just a bunch of those taps on the shoulder over the last couple of years before it finally got my attention. Yeah. Well, the taps and, and then the bop upside the, the head the at, at the, the end. Head, yeah. 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 That, those are, <clears throat> those are always nice to have. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you see him as that, you're like, oh, thank you. I, for whatever reason, I need the board and not just the tap. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. That's just the relationship that we have. Fantastic. I've said this for a long time too. It's a totally different scenario, but I was like, you know, the relationship that I have with the Lord is I just go and <clears throat> it doesn't matter if it's a brick wall. It doesn't matter if it, I'm going to get over it. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to tap every single brick to see if there's loose. I'm going to dig. I'm going to go around. And if all of that has been exhausted and I still can't get over, around, or through, then maybe just maybe I recognize that he put it there on purpose yeah. <laughs> and he knows yep. this about me and I know that about him and, and we're going to go through this routine every single time. And it's okay. <laughs> Mine's usually the tap on the shoulder and I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got things. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally it's just the two by four across the head. And I'm just like, got it. Message. Got received. it. <laughs> yep. I'm with you on that. Okay. So, um, this is, this is an interesting, you know, angle here, but, for you, um, you know, having this this visionary perspective, um, but then also hearing from your customers, like your vision and theirs was different. I heard you say, how does how does the listener take that away? Like, is there is there you know a survey that they should go ask their customers? Yeah. Is there a like a process like, or is it more just like you should just be listening more? Like, give us a little bit of insight here on how you got that. So you'll find that a lot of my ideas and a lot of the ways that I approach business is very disruptive. It's very different than what a lot of people say, but I believe the customer is always right unless they're not. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with what you just said. I love that. Keep going. So, um, you know, I think people are so surveyed out. People don't know how to, people don't know how to build good surveys and the people you're surveying don't know how to respond to good yeah, surveys. Like, seriously. Just, so, not surveying. And, and the other thing too, is there's a difference between what the customer wants and what the customer needs. I did not get into my business to just give the customer what they want all the time. Uh, because that's not what they need. We, we talked a little bit about that freedom. And I know that there are people listening right now, like, yeah, I left corporate because I wanted to work less. I wanted to make more. I wanted to do other right. things. And they're like, now corporate felt like a part-time job compared to yeah. the journey of entrepreneurship. That's and right. Uh, that's because I think a lot of times what we do as entrepreneurs is we focus on the things that we want and not on the things that we need. Cause the things that we need sometimes hurt. Sometimes they're uncomfortable. Yep. Sometimes it's uh, an, a hard truth to swallow. And for, for me, it was no, 
if I deliver it that way, the customer is not going to get what they need. And it was through uh, an act of maturing that I finally realized I can deliver that way and still give them what they need. And that yeah. when, that's when the moment clicked for me. Interesting. Can you give us maybe a practical of what that, like, what was what they wanted? What was what you think that they needed? And we'll try to bring that down into uh, like understandable terms. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just having coffee this morning right before here um, with someone that I just met in the area. And we were talking about the way that people are today. And there are two things about people. Number one, we want it yesterday. And number two, we want everything with a big splash. Like it's yeah. not enough. He was using a baseball analogy. He's like, everybody wants the home run or the strikeout, but no right. one wants the bunt. No one right. wants the base hit. Like we don't want that anymore because it's not as fun or exciting, but right. it's the bunts and the base hits and, and the sacrifices. That's what wins baseball games. That's right. And I think we forget that, especially in our always on moving super fast. I mean, we just moved across country. And one of the conversations my wife and I had is, does Amazon prime have same day delivery? <laughs> like, that's the world we live in. And I'm like, we're picking a house in a neighborhood based on whether or not we can get Amazon prime same day. I, <laughs> I can only imagine what that conversation also entailed, but, um, I think you're, you're right. Yeah. You're, we have certain, there's certain really, I, if it actually sounds like we're, we're dopamine deprived or, or that we're, ser we're searching for the next immediate hit, right. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. And so I think when it comes to business and it, it, we help our clients find amazing people to build great teams. That's what we do. And there are the people that want to. You know, I, I go back to the fishing analogy. There are people that want companies to just, they call them up and they order some fish and the fish gets delivered same day. And they're like, great. You know, I want that recruiter. I want that staffing agency because they'll do all the hard work and they'll just deliver somebody. Right. Uh, and then, and then there are people that say, no, you know what? I want to learn how to do that because I want to be dependent on someone else. And I don't want clients to be dependent because when we get to a little bit of my story and, you know, what I did with my dad and, and watching him go through what he went through, you never get out of that cycle. If yeah. you, if you are ordering all your meals out and you don't learn how to cook, you don't learn how to fish for yourself. You're always going to be dependent on someone else. And that is not yeah. a way to grow and scale a business and create that freedom that we talked about. Yeah. Well, I, I want you to answer my next question, but maybe, maybe do it inside of your story. Cause it sounds like they're, they're connected. The question really is, is like, why as a service provider, would you teach your client how to do what you do for them? I mean, obviously I know what you're saying, <clears throat> But as I'm sure many people listening to today have a service business to a degree, why would I teach them how to do it? Or in this case, especially in the coaching space, why would I give away all my stuff, Alex Ramosi? Why would I give it all away for free? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's obviously reasons. Yeah. So tell us what your answer is to that, but but weave it into your story because we want to hear about the story with your, your pop. I want to hear about your background as well. So kind of yeah. take the stage here. Let us yeah. know. So yeah, yeah. You're talking about Alex, of course, gives away everything for free, but he knows just like you and I know that. 1% of the people are actually going to hear it. And 1% of that group's actually going to go do it. And yep. so, uh, you know, giving it all away, sharing it. I got a book coming out in a couple of months. Like everything is in there. Like you could take it and go do everything we teach and, and we coach uh, from the book. But I also know that most people aren't. And, and the reason why is we get in our own way. That's right. It's not because I don't have the desire to do it or I don't have the skills to do it or I, I don't have the ability to do it. It's because... I overthink it and I get in my own way. Uh, we joke with our clients a lot that the, the single biggest bottleneck in any business is the owner. Oh yeah. 
And for the owners that have realized that, they start looking at the world differently. For the ones that haven't realized that yet, they they just keep grinding and they keep pushing and they keep doing the hard stuff right. the hard way and they never are able to break out of it. And so yeah. being able to give that all away and shift the way people think about it and go, hey, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the one that needs to be worked on so yeah. that I'm not dependent on someone else forever. Because here's the thing, we saw this with COVID, great example, right? We have all this dependency on all these other service providers who are delivering for us all the time. And then all of a sudden there's a supply chain issue. Well, now yep. I'm starved because I don't know how to go out and fish for myself. Right. You know, and that will happen. And so to, to bring that back to my story, you know, my, I grew up in a entrepreneurial family. My dad was in manufacturing my whole life. And I remember, uh, I'd get home from school and my dad would come home and he'd get a phone call at seven o'clock at night. And he's like, Hey, you want to come hang out with me at the plant <laughs> or, <laughs> or on the weekends? He's like, I'm going to the plant. You want to come hang out? And I'm like, I don't want to hang out with dad. And then he'd put me to work. You know, he'd put a broom in my hand uh, in that corner. And, yeah, that's right. You know, I, I watched my dad go through this. And while he had a successful business and we had a great relationship, he was just a slave to that business. 12 hour days, yeah. six, seven days a week. I mean, all, all the way, he, he still is not fully retired. Like he's still a slave to the business. It's crazy. And it was all yeah. because he couldn't hi hire the right people. And it wasn't because he wasn't a good boss or a good leader was because no one ever gave him the skills and taught him how to actually go do that. Right. And so he just kept dealing with this, this fallout going, well, no one wants to work. Everybody's lazy. Like the things that we all hear now, that's not true. Yep. That, which he's probably been saying for 50 years. Yes. And so is everybody else. Like this labor yep. shortage that we talk about is nothing new. I have an article that I clipped from a, uh, a magazine. Someone took a picture of it, put it online from the sixties about the labor shortage. <laughs> like, the labor shortage isn't new. And then people are like, oh, millennials, oh, now it's Gen Z, right? Gen Z doesn't want to work. They're so lazy. And it was a decade before that, it was Gen X. And a decade before that, it was the baby boomers. Like, we all, when you get out of high school and you're in your 20s, nobody wants to work. Everybody's yeah. lazy. I just want to have fun, man. <laughs> yeah. Then, then they go out and they start a family and they go, oh, I better have responsibilities. And then you see they stop bouncing around. They start focusing on their career and everything else. Every right. generation goes through this. But we think we're unique. We think we're special <laughs> and we're the victim. And yeah. so going back to my dad, if someone would have just sat him down 40 years ago and said, hey, this is the way to do it. This is the way to communicate. This is the process you need to build. This is how you get your message out there so people know that you're looking for great people. This is the way to do it. If he'd have had that 40 years ago, his business would have been so different. Yeah. What do you think? in today's environment, your dad, right? So bring him forward 40 years and that person is listening today. <clears throat> what is that first like step that you're talking about? There's obviously a process, like not just yeah. a singular step, but what's the first step for them to take when they're hearing you going, Oh, well I need to know what he knows so that I'm not your dad 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, I think they, it, I sum it up this way. If you're not attracting good people, it's probably because you're not attractive to good people. It's good. So I want you to sit down and take a look in the mirror and say, hey, what do I need to do differently? Who do I need to become? How do I need to communicate? How, what message do I need to share with the world so that people know the opportunity that exists when they join our team? Start there. Focus on you first. How do you become yeah. more attractive to the people that you want to attract? Yeah. And so is that a general formula or am I hearing you say I should pay attention to who I want to attract? And based on those qualities, that's who I need to become attractive to. 
Like that's my target now. Yeah. I think that there's, there's people and it really depends on where they're at. There are some people that can really enact change and do it well and say, Hey, this is who I want to attract. So this is who I need to become to attract those people. And then there are other people that say, Nope, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with my skin. I'm going to be authentic. Stop putting out this persona. That's not real. Stop being inauthentic in the marketplace and just be who I am and let people know that and attract them. We had a client years ago, five guys started this company together. They all went to high school together. So it was like a good old boys club, this leadership team, always razzing each other, always super passive aggressive. Like it was weird. It was just weird. And they did not want to own this passive aggressive nature. And I called it out in a meeting one time. I was like, you guys are the most passive aggressive bunch I've ever seen. It's crickets. And finally the president's like, yeah, we know. Like, so why don't we put out there? So they were struggling to hire for their sales team. They were just turning salespeople over left and right. And uh, they were putting out this persona, this, it was false. It was like, oh, we really care about each other and we're forthright in our communication and we're open and honest and blah, blah, blah. And they'd get these people in and the people be like, this is not what I signed up for. And they'd leave. Interesting. So we rewrote all their job ads. We redid their interview process and we said, yeah, we're passive aggressive and we own it. Yeah. We love beating around the bush and not telling you what's really going on. You know, we love <laughs> fun of each other. We're like a fraternity here, you know? And it was, and all of a sudden I rewrote this ad and I sent it to uh, their director of procurement and he reads it and he goes, dude, I want to, I want to work here. This sounds awesome. Right. I go, you do work there. Yeah. He goes, we've never communicated it like this before. And so for them, right. they weren't one that was going to change. Right. And, but it was like, now let's just own who you are. And guess what? They started getting these sales guys that were just, uh, it was a different breed, but they started getting these sales yep. flying and they just clicked and it just yep. worked. Sales went up, customers were happier, morale around the office was better because they just owned who they were. And instead of putting out this, this false front to attract people that right. weren't going to be a good fit, they started attracting the people that were. Yeah, this is um, <clears throat> I, that's such a great example of the authenticity piece and owning who you are. This uh, conversation, this topic of you know becoming something that you need to become versus being who you are, is just such an interesting little <clears throat> you know uh, back and forth because I think there's obviously you know there's there's two sides to every story, and so I want to hear a little bit more of your thoughts around this um, before I move on. So I, I have I have an individual who needs to become better. Like generally speaking, we're on a trajectory of becoming our best selves, which includes leadership, which includes, you know, all the things mindset. It could be the way that I handle employees, the way that I communicate. Like I just need to become better, which as I become better in those things, I then attract better candidates to your point. But then there's the like, well, I'm me and I, and I'm unapologetically me, but that, shouldn't keep me from growing and wanting to be better and to attract better people, but that's not false. So like what you see what I'm saying here? Like how how do I, how do I get out of the stuck? It's not an either or it's a yes. And love that. (laughs) Uh, But I think, you know, I I like to use a lot of analogies because it helps people really connect with this. You've got to know where you're at. You have to be real with yourself and be authentic and say, okay, this is who I am. These are the things that aren't changing. And these are the things that I can change. It's good. And just like, um, just like that GPS system, when you're like, Hey, I want to go here. The first thing it does is says, 
well, I don't know where you're at. <laughs> like, turn on, the, turn on the GPS so that I can figure out where you're at because I can't tell you how to get where you want to go if I don't know where you are. Yeah. And so I think sitting down and being really honest with yourself about where you are and being authentic and saying, this is who I am, and then saying, okay, this is who I want to become, what needs to change, and then make the decision, make the conscious decision. Am I willing to change that or not? Yeah. And when I went through that process about a decade ago, there were some things where I'm like, this will never change. And now when I interview people, I tell them up front in the interview, here's the deal. You're not going to like this, this, or this about me. And I know you're not going to like it, but I own it. These things are not going to change. So I'm actually <laughs> building processes in my business yeah. to minimize the negative impact of those things that will not change. Yeah. Very, super practical answer. Love it. Uh, I could probably just curiously pick that apart and, and just <laughs> extract your thoughts because uh, that was so good. But let's keep moving. I want to know of a good business decision that you've made. Uh, and maybe, maybe if you can, because <clears throat> we haven't talked about your, like your just major business transition here. You were in a different business altogether mm -hmm. and you saw a need. And so was that part of maybe one of the greatest decisions that you've made? Because I want to incorporate that um, if possible. But I want to know just the way that you think and what you consider a good decision. Maybe we can implement it as well. Yeah. I, I do think that the best decision I ever made was to stop focusing on improving my weaknesses. You hear that a lot, like, oh, you're weak in these areas. You need to get better in these areas. Instead of focusing my energy on that, which was exhausting, say, these are the things yeah. I'm good at, and I'm going to go become better at them. That's good. And then the things that I wasn't good at, those weaknesses that everybody was like, oh, you got to figure this out, they, they become so minimal that it was easy for me to give them up. A, a great example would be sales. I am not a good sales guy. I am not a good sales guy. What I am good is compelling people to action, motivating people, standing in front of a room and rallying people and getting them excited. And um, mm -hmm. I, I, I dug into this, this was probably about six years ago. I dug in this deeply and said, how do I get my message in front of more people in a way that's authentic to me? And you know, yeah. my sales coach is like, oh, cold calling and this and that. It never worked for me. And I realized that if I learned to stand in front of a state on a stage in front of people, I can compare yeah. people to action all day long. That was very natural for me. So instead of pushing this cold calling, marketing funnels, all this other stuff that wasn't natural for me, I yeah. said, you know what? I'm going to focus on the things that I'm good at. I love standing on a stage, sharing this message. That's why I do podcasts all the time and uh, become good at that become a better storyteller because I enjoy telling stories. How can I do that better versus yeah. focusing on those things that I'm not good at? Yeah. What do you have? What, what have you found in that? Um, <clears throat> that those, the weaknesses just like you say, just get minimized or as a person that is like your expertise is finding people for the team. Are, are you building a team that where someone else takes those away? You had mentioned just slightly, it's easy to give them away at that point. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> it's the same thing. It's both, right? Um, all of a sudden, guess what? I don't need to cold call anymore because right. I know how to stand on a stage. So that, that weakness of not being able to cold call or what my coach used to like to say, pressure people into closing, right? Sure. Because nobody wants to change. Change sucks. Um, it's hard. Nobody likes it. But if I want to help people, they have to be willing to change. And so there's one way I can grab their arm and, and, and twist their arm behind their back and say, hey, I'm going to let go when you decide to change, which is one sales technique that I'm not good at. 
Or is another one that I can say, hey, let me give you some things that you can go do. You can see the change and go, ooh, that tasted good. I want more of that. And then they come right. back. And so that, that was part of it. But then there are other things about the business that won't go away. There are other things that I still have to do. And yeah. so, for example, I have lots of great ideas. Don't ask my team if they're all great. They wouldn't agree. <laughs> you have a lot of ideas to them. I don't know they're, if they're great. They're, no, 100% of my ideas are amazing, Chaz. Let me tell you. <laughs> they don't always agree. Said every entrepreneur ever. Yes, exactly, exactly. But there are some things that can't go away. I still have to deliver. A great example is I love coming up with the ideas and the strategy. I hate actually, I, I'm just, I'm not good at it. It takes me a lot of energy. It takes me a lot of time to actually put pen to paper and create that final piece. So what did I do? I went and hired someone that loves that. They're amazing at it. In fact, they get energized by doing that. So I started sure. building a team that gets energized in ways that I don't. And they're okay with that. Like they, we never feel like we're stepping on each other's toes because the things that energize me, they want nothing to do with. That's right. I got one person right. on my team right now. If she could, she would she would just every communication would be an email. We would never hop on the phone. We would never get on a Zoom call, and she would definitely never turn her camera on. Right. Me, if I'm doing any kind of conversation and I can't see the other person, I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Come on. I can't. Or are we even talking? You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so building a team that can take over the things that I'm not good at or that I don't enjoy but our strengths to them, that, that was a yeah. real practical use of that. Yeah, that's good. Let's flip the coin here. What was a bad decision that you've made uh, as you've gone through your journey, something that maybe we can stay away from? Um, believing that people wouldn't do it better than me. Okay. And building a business that was focused on me. Yeah. Because we I do this. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, we do this, but like you're saying, it's it was a belief. Like you, it's not like you set it out to just be that for yourself. Yeah. But eventually, you realize that that's what it was. So, like, yeah, give us so, that moment. So, when you say what's a bad decision, anything that came out of that belief. Was yeah, decision. exactly. Like <laughs> waiting way too long to hire somebody, right? Right. Um, my first hire, I, I had this belief that no one would be able to ever get through to our clients and coach as well as I could. Yeah. And so. Um, I met someone, I talked to her and I was like, you know what? She might be someday be able to help with clients. And the second that I let it go and said, you know, and it was actually, it was one of those slap upside the head moments. I got real sick and I couldn't coach for a couple of weeks and she stepped up. She said, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Clients loved her. She has a different yeah. approach than me. She communicates yep. differently. She's way better at nurturing than I am. <laughs> and so the clients loved it. And I was like, that's it. Uh, and and that, was a, that was a moment for me when I said, you know what? I should have done this five years sooner. Yep. So, yeah, because like you said at the very beginning of the show, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then, you know, then it's almost, a, it's almost like a, as much work not to get into uh, like a mental spiral of like, ah, you know, like, all the what ifs of how much, it, how much better it could be if I just done this sooner, yeah. you know? Now we have five people on the team and in the last six months, cause I'm just like, that's it. Everybody <laughs> is good at stuff. Yeah. I'm not right. Well, cause once you know, you know, and so that was going to be my question is how, how does the person listening right now who had has the belief that you had, yeah. 
how do they break through that without experiencing it firsthand and getting the two by four across the face like you, you know, did? And, and this is where <laughs> I'm really passionate about process. See, the thing is, the reason people will never do it as good as you, for all those entrepreneurs listening that have that belief, the reason they will never do it is because they don't know what you expect of them. Yeah. And if they knew what you knew about how it should be done or how it should be delivered, they, they'll probably have even better ideas and take it to another level, which is what I've seen my team do. Yeah. And I see our clients' teams do. But yeah, you have to good. get that stuff out of your head. You cannot be the bottleneck when it comes to how to deliver, how to create that great experience for your customers. You have to get that out of your yeah. head. And that includes sitting down, getting on a piece of paper that you can hand to somebody. Or the one I like to do is just record a video. Yep. Right? Set up your phone on a tripod, hit record, and just think out loud while you're doing the work. That's yep. it. And then people can watch that video and go, now I know what my boss wants. And they'll go knock it out of yep. the park for you every time. They will. Yeah. That's such a big, uh, bridge that you just built within 30 seconds there. I, I, I want to just maybe highlight some of your construction there. Um, <clears throat> the, the mindset or the gap of willing to hand it off. Cause even some of that's the nervousness of like, Oh, like I don't, it's my baby. I don't want them to mess it up. Just like you felt like, Oh, this is going to go terrible. Mm -hmm. But if, if you are handing them the exact blueprint, and so that's the work. The work is sitting down, slowing down to speed up. So for the person listening right now who hears you, they understand, and they've probably heard, I got to create SOPs. I got to create process. I got to record myself. Yeah. But Ryan, I don't have time. Mm, yeah. No, I had that belief too for a long time. Sometimes it still creeps in <laughs> even. Uh, <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess the question is, do you want to create a job for yourself or do you want to own a business? Yeah. Because if all you want to do is create a job, yeah, fine. You don't have time. I get it because you're too busy doing the work. But if you actually want to create a business that turns into an asset that creates a legacy for you and your family, which is what most entrepreneurs I run into want. That's what they say they want. That's what they say they want. Their actions aren't always in line with that. Then imagine, I, I, it was something that I, that I was doing for a while. And I'm like, it takes me seven minutes a month to do this thing. And... Then I had a, I actually had a time coach for a while that actually had me write down every 15 minutes what I was doing of every day. And he'd throw it into yeah. this weird spreadsheet that he had. And he's like, here's how you spend your time. And it was just so eye-opening. He goes, that wow. seven minute process that takes you to do that you don't like, by the way, takes you way longer than seven minutes. Like we always underestimate how long things take. That's right. Um, That's right. He goes, so it might take you an hour a month. He goes, but think about the bookends of that time, how you have to prepare your head to get in the right headspace to do that work. And then you have to get out of it and get back into creativity mode. He goes, it's yeah. a, almost a full day a month for you to do this thing that wow. you thought took seven minutes. Jeez. How much time it's taking you. And so let's just go back to the seven minutes. Let's say it takes an hour and it takes you two hours to put together a process on how to do it. Guess what? Right. In month three, that's, you just started getting an ROI. It's paid for itself. Yeah. yeah. In month three. And so if, if you're always thinking about how do I get through this week, how do I just get to Friday because I get the weekend because I've created a job for myself, you're right. You probably don't have time. But if you're thinking, how do I focus on the things that I'm best at so that I can grow yeah. this business into something bigger? It's a, it's a fallacy to believe that you don't have the time to do that. Hey, kings and queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. 
We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, I hope the listeners paying attention, taking notes. <clears throat> Beliefs um, have been the core underneath all the practical that you've given to us. Have you done, I mean, you've, you've mentioned you've had several coaches, a time coach and other sorts. Have, have, have your beliefs changed from that? Have they changed from you maturing? How, like how have the beliefs shifted for you? Yeah. You know, the, the thing that I realized is that go back, going back to how I started with freedom and control and all that other stuff, the things that I thought I had control of, I didn't. And so that was a big shift for me in the beliefs is, is just letting go of the things that I can't control and let other people do those things. Um, there's so much yeah. in business that we can't control, but we think we can. And yeah. just letting go of those things and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to find a way to make sure I never have to do that again. And that either is giving it to someone, like truly giving it to somebody, uh, not the decision delegation where it's like, Hey, Chaz, I want you to go do this, but when you're done, bring it back to me so I can approve your work. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Giving it to you. So to the point where I forget we even do it, like that's the right. level of delegation. That's one way. Or the other thing is automate it, find a way to yeah. automate the process. So you don't have to do it anymore. And so yeah. I think my beliefs have really shifted into how do I get the things off my plate that don't bring real value to me, to my family, to my team, to my clients, where is the real value given? In fact, yeah. uh, right now we just had this conversation. Uh, I got the book coming out and I've been doing a ton of podcasting and people are like, but you're not doing this, 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 and this, and this. I'm like, but where's the real value come? It comes with right. getting this message out there and sharing it with the world and letting people know that they can solve this problem of building an effective team. And it's not as hard as they think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to what you were even just saying a few minutes ago when you're, when you're, you know, determining, um, if, if I just slow down to create a process as opposed to just keeping going, um, it's the same kind of almost like, uh, uh you're associating value with the tasks and, or, uh, initiatives really. And so you're saying that there are things that are important. Sure. But for you, for your business, maybe even particularly for your skill set, like you talked about a few minutes ago, this is just higher on the priority. And then therefore, then that's how we, that's how we uh, assign our time. That's how we assign our, our, uh, executable energy, you know, that, that, I don't know, for me, that's taken time you know, yeah. to like realize those things, you know, and then even once you've realized it, you're like, okay, this doesn't serve me. Mm. I need to get rid of it. And that might even be a process of getting rid of it or letting it go, as you said, or truly delegating or actually like cutting it out. There's a lot of cutting out that has to happen. It seems like. Yeah. We, we do talk about the, the Eisenhower matrix. I don't know if you've ever seen that. 
I haven't. Give um, us a little, it's, little step Yeah, it's a, it's a way to prioritize your time. Like, okay. what are the important and urgent things? You've probably heard it described that way, right? What's sure. Important okay, yeah, yeah. So things that are important exactly. and urgent, you need to deal with. Um, things that are important but aren't urgent, you schedule time for them. Things yeah. that aren't important but are urgent, delegate, get them to somebody. Like, hey, th this isn't important for me. You deal with it. Like, Or yeah. stop doing it, right? Like, what's yeah. one of the things that people think is urgent all the time? Oh, I got to stay on top of the news because that impacts my business. It's urgent. The news is changing all the time. Yeah, but it's not important. <laughs> like, you can right. run your business. And then there's the not important, not urgent, like the scrolling the Facebook feed, right? Like, it's not important yeah. and it's not urgent. Like, stop doing those things. But we sell ourselves on this idea that the things that we're doing are important and are urgent. Oh, and yeah. The reality is majority of stuff that we do is not either. Yeah. I mean, we're really good at justifying. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, when you were talking about the, uh, the delegating and then finding time and everything else, uh, another analogy came to mind. And I think a lot of this comes down to what is it that you really want out of your business? What is it that you really want to accomplish? And if you're not clear on that, that's step one. But I think about right. this, I think about professional athletes. Like I think people at the top of their game, the amount of time they spend performing, actually doing the thing they're getting paid for is yeah. so minuscule compared to the amount of time they spend practicing and warming up and That's stretching right. and everything else. And I even think about running. I've, I started running lately. Uh, it's not something I've ever liked, but for some reason in the mid forties, all of a sudden I like running now. It might just be a change <laughs> in scenery because now that I'm in uh, the Midwest, but yeah, you know what? Stretching has to become a very important part of my running practice. And it feels yeah. like stretching is a waste of time. But you know what's a bigger yeah. waste of time? Getting injured <laughs> yeah. and not being able yeah. to walk. Um, I threw my yeah. back out a couple of years ago so bad that I was bedridden for almost two weeks. That wow. was a waste of time. Why? Because I wasn't yeah. spending time taking care of my body. Yeah. And so it yeah. happens in business. What happens when you get sick? What happens when something comes up? Like, does your whole business come to a screeching halt and all of a sudden you have customer service issues and you got customers that are leaving you because you aren't there to serve them? Like that to me sounds yeah. like way bigger waste of time than sitting yep. down and giving a process to someone on your team and saying, hey, go do this. Yeah. And those are just the calculatable uh, measurements there, I guess. Not, not even considering the however many customers that didn't even come to you because you didn't have the capacity. Yeah. Uh, whether they actually tried to come to you or whether it was just, you know, a belief thing that you weren't attracting them mm -hmm. because you didn't have the capacity because you, you already know you're the bottleneck. Um, tell us a little bit about your book. Um, I usually give a, a snapshot here of like what resource have you used that you can re reference to us, but you're creating a resource. Tell us what's in it and how can we find it? It's about to come out. Yeah. So the book comes out October 17th. Uh, it'll be available everywhere. It's called Hire Better People Faster. Love it. And it's all about a proven process to attract and retain the best people. And there's nothing in there that is incredibly difficult to do. And it's very practical, very how to like, here's the process that we build. Here is the way to build this process. Here's how to think about where your company's going and what you want to accomplish. Cause that's going to dictate the kind of people that you're going to hire. Uh, you, you may have heard this before, but the, the people on your team that get you from zero to a million are not the same people that get you from a million to 5 million, aren't the same people yeah. that get you from five to 10. And if you don't know where you want to go with your business, it's really hard to figure out what kind of people are the right people for you. 
And so yeah. book is very practical, very how to, it'll be available on audiobook too, because I know my target market, busy entrepreneurs who don't spend <laughs> a lot of time reading, but listening. So you'll be able to get on audiobook yeah. as well. And we're going to have a bunch of downloads and resources available that we use in our program that you'll be able to get for free and actually implement some of those tools right away. Love that. Well, they, the listeners would be silly not to take you up on that and purchase the book. Um, for, for, and actually, let me just say this for those, for those right now that are listening that know they have a problem with their hiring process or that need good people. Don't wait for the book. Just hit all. I'm going to ask his contact information here in a second. It's going to be in the show notes. Don't be a, don't be a goofball and wait for a book when you can just hire uh, Ryan. So I don't do that often, but, um, obviously he's, he's already given you plenty of value. Um, I got a question for you about family and I know we talked off air just right before we got started, you know, about, uh, you know, you guys moving across the country and, and I'm sure that's been a thing. And you mentioned you, you know, having a daughter a couple, you know, 10 years ago, that's about how old my oldest is as well. But there's this, there's this, uh, run, uh, or this journey that we're on as entrepreneurs and we're obsessed, right? This is what we do. We're all in. Uh, we've talked about this already here today, but a lot of times people go all in on the business, but then they don't know how to go all in on marriage or all in on, you know, dad or mom, um, roles. So for you, what, what's some practical things that you've done to be obsessed in, in all areas all at the same time? Yeah. You know, a, a practical thing for me, and I get that there's 99% of the people listening, it's not going to be practical for them, but giving up the office and working from home was a very practical thing yeah. for me. And I get a lot of people can't do that. Uh, yep. but that was something that I did, uh, before I did that, something that was very practical for me was I, I live and die by my calendar. A lot of entrepreneurs, like if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. Well, guess what? Put the important things on the calendar. Time yeah. with the kids, uh, taking care of yourself, uh, time away from the office, like put it on the calendar. It's amazing uh, how, more, how much more likely you will be to adhere to it, especially if you yeah. are one of those entrepreneurs that swears by the calendar. And I get not all entrepreneurs do. <laughs> Um, yep. and if you don't, that, that might be step one, it might be some time for some organization <laughs> in their, your life. But, um, yeah. that was a real practical thing for me was working from home. My, my daughter is almost 10 and she'll, she'll slide notes under the door when I'm on a call and it'll say, daddy, I, I want that. to work with you. And she just yeah. wants to come to work. She just wants to spend time with me. And we wouldn't yeah. even have those little moments had I not been. Here. Yeah. 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 Uh, right here on my screen, I've got two little notes just like that from my nine-year-old, almost 10-year-old daughter. And it, you're right. Not everybody can, can do that. Um, but the decision that you made was, what do I need to do practically to be able to focus on not just solely my business? How can I do my business well mm -hmm. and do dad well and you know love my wife well, whatever those things. You know, I've got a practical are. exercise that people can do that can help with this. Okay. Uh, Perfect. We, we don't give this to all of our clients because some aren't ready for it, but for the ones that are. So if this, if this scares you to death, then you're not ready for it. <laughs> so yep. is figure out what you need to do to get ready for it. But one of the things we talked about earlier, justifying, we can justify anything as important and urgent. And for those right. of you listening that have a team already, but the team always loops you in. They always send you the email and you're always the first to respond to that email. You're always the first one at the office. You're always the last one to leave because you believe that your team needs you. I will tell you right now that you are a crutch to your team and you are not equipping them with what they need. 
So one of the exercises that we take people through uh, for these owners that want to get out of the day-to-day -day and create some of what I call margin, right? So that you can focus on things that are really important is set a self-discipline that you will not reply to any email outside of someone being physically harmed because that's stuff that's usually any other thing is really not that important. You will not respond to it within 24 hours. That means no email response, no phone call, 24 hours. Watch how many things get solved in that 24 hour period without you. And yep. every time we've ever taken a client through that, it's kicking and screaming. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Gonna... They finally do it. And they're like, I don't need to respond to anything anymore. <laughs> My team can actually do this. Because yeah. as long as they know that you are going to make the decision anyways, what incentive? They just defer. Do it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had, had a similar conversation, I don't know, maybe five or six months ago with the podcast guest. And he said, when are you going to quit being addicted to being needed? Mm, I love that. It's like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Last question here for you, Ryan. I want to know if you had the opportunity to reach back into time and whisper in the younger Ryan's ear, what would you tell him? Niche deep and niche quickly. Give us more. Give us, yeah. give us why, why, why that message? You know, when, when I started my business, I was, we were digital marketing. We, we were helping people with generating leads. And when I found this opportunity to help people with recruiting, I was like, oh, I'll do both. Right. When business is booming, they're going to need help hiring. When business isn't booming, they're going to help with lead generation. And I became so distracted by all the different systems and processes and everything we had to do. And had I gotten to the point where I said, you know, I'm going to do one thing and I'm going to do it better than anybody else. My processes are easier to create. My systems are easier to create. It's easier for me to hire. It's easier for me to go to market. It's easier to me, for me to figure out which vendors I need to work with. It's easier for me to figure out what systems I need, software systems I need in my business. But when I'm everything to everyone, I'm no good to anyone. Yeah. And I had this belief that I could not be a big fish in a small pond, that I had to be playing in the big, in the big pond with everybody else. And I was such a small fish and it was... So inconsequential to everybody else because I wasn't clear on what I wanted and how I was going to deliver and everything else. And I still don't think I'm niche deep enough yet. I still think that there's a way for me to even niche deeper and to where it's, you know what, there's, I, I met, I met somebody one time and um, I, I forget, he, he was a marketing company, it was a marketing company, and he only served a certain type of CPA. And, um, I asked him, I said, so how big is the, the pond that you're fishing? And he goes, there's 372 people in North America that are target market. Wow. There are only 372 firms that can use my service. I'm like, oh my gosh, how good that must feel to know that. Yeah. Versus I remember really yeah. early on in my career, I, there was, I was in a networking group and somebody stood up and she, was, she worked for a dentist. And somebody, the question was, what's a good cu customer for you or a, a good uh, yeah. referral for you? And uh, she stood up and she goes, anybody with or without teeth? <laughs> I was like, great. You know, it's funny is I never refer anybody to her, but I still tell that story 10 years later because yep. imagine how hard it must be to go to market like that. Yeah. Whereas, then, yeah, how am I supposed to refer anybody? And then about a year later, I remember her standing up, same gal stood up and she goes, who do you know that's having trouble controlling their blood pressure? That's a great referral for me. And we're like confused, but I'm like, I know people like personally, they're struggling with blood pressure and, and yeah. that's important. 
And uh, she told a story about how that relates to gum disease and some other things when you have high blood pressure. Yeah. All of a sudden, the referrals came flooding in because she decided to oh, yeah. so focus only on people with high blood pressure. And you wouldn't yeah. normally make that association. It was such a pattern interrupt for us. Referrals came flooding in the door. And so yeah. if I were to go back, I would niche deep, niche early. Love that. All right. Well, uh, Ryan, <clears throat> I'm, I, I, I have been honored to have you here on the show. Uh, I think we could probably go another days. Honestly, I do. You're just, a, you're, you're, a, you're a mysterious, uh, a, you're a box of tools over there that I think I could just keep pulling them out if I, if I was here long enough. Um, but I appreciate what you've given to us here today. It is valuable, but how can the listener find you if they want more? Obviously your book's coming out. I'm sure it'll be on your website. Make sure you give us that, but how can they just go straight to you? find or hire you and or if they just want to connect with you uh, follow what you're doing yeah. how can they find you uh, corematters.com is our website real simple tons of free information on there lots of free tools education everything else of course you want to get a hold of us we make that pretty simple as well uh, if you want to connect with me i am most active on linkedin ryan england just look me up uh most active there so you can feel free to connect with me directly there and then of course i've got a podcast as well talent tackle box so uh, you can get access to that from corematters.com. Of course, on LinkedIn, we promote it quite a bit. And there's a, a lot of great guests that we have on that show as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, the tackle box you have been, uh, my man. So Thank you. appreciate you. Appreciate you coming prepared. Uh, you have been uh, incredible here today, but we also just wish you nothing but success and blessing, especially in the new, uh, the new part of the country where you're uh, now a Midwestern fella. Appreciate the, the joining of forces there, but... In all seriousness, thank you for being here. Uh, we appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.